Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the PHNX Sun Show live from the despair and darkness that is Sun's fandom right now. <laughs> I'm Espo, the most hated man in New Orleans, and this show is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. And I am happy to be joined by Saul Bookman and Gerald Bourget. Gentlemen, how are we today? Pretty good. Pretty good. Not as good as we can be for being mired in a four-game losing streak, but <laughs> the true. worst we've seen in a very long time. Yeah. Look, my my Twitter mentions look worse than the 19-win season right now. <laughs> so yeah, you know, it's it's fun today for sure. Mm. But we've got a lot to talk about that does not involve the New Orleans Pelicans kicking the Suns' asses, right? We've got trade rumors, we've got ownership talk, and we're going to start with the trade rumors as Eric Pincus of Bleacher Report this uh, weekend brought up, had an interesting article about trades around the NBA, but had two tidbits that were interesting from the Suns. We'll talk about this one first. He said, quote, uh, this was a source that said, quote, I don't think Phoenix can commit to anything long-term until a new owner's in place, one source said, but that may only be an issue if the Suns have to give up first-round compensation. This, this is, seems problematic. Yes. <laughs> like we've we've talked about this before. You're not going to get away with bringing in a difference maker if you can't give up a first-round pick because you look around the roster, you're probably going to try to keep D.A. McHale. Cam Johnson's trade value is kind of in the gutter right now because he's hurt. So other teams aren't going to want Landry Shamit. They're not going to want – like the teams that want Jay Crowder want him because they want to be contenders. They're not going to give up a piece of a contending roster to help the Suns. So you kind of need to be able to be willing to attach a first-round pick if you want a difference maker. So if that's the case, we should really lower our expectations for what they might be trading for in the next few weeks. Oh boy, i I don't think anything. I don't think anything significant is going to happen. Well, look, I, I really don't like. I, again, like I mentioned it to you before, I know a lot of teams won't give up a first rounder for Jay Crowder, but if you think that he's the missing piece and he could really move the needle, then maybe you can from a contender, and that's about the best you might get. Because mm. I, I just don't see a scenario where you're going to get something that's valuable in return. What I, I thought that maybe this wasn't necessarily true, but now we've seen it. I think three times in reports, this mention of not being able to deal future assets or take on long-term money and those future assets being a first rounder. So I'm starting to wonder 
if because of the ownership situation, because of the cloudy future when it comes to Chris Paul, if this is really becoming more of a transition season than a championship window season. It might be, and you hope that's not the case. Like when we talked to James Jones a couple weeks ago, he had said, like, yeah, Sam's been Sam Garvin has been super supportive and, and given us the leeway to do what we need to do. But you know, that's what else is he gonna say? He's not gonna say, I'm being held hostage, I can't make any moves. But there was that comment we saw a few three weeks ago, I think, that kind of insinuated maybe the sons were being kind of held hostage by the situation. Mm -hmm. And it did kind of sound like it could have been coming from inside the building, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all speculative at this point, but the fact that a deal hasn't gotten done and the fact that if you're trading Jay Crowder, like you're saying, Saul, if, if all you can kind of expect back as a first, maybe you can flip that first, but having to negotiate two separate deals is always, is always tough. The only, the, the only way that, that I could see, a significant impact coming some kind of way is if you leverage in a three-way deal a first-round pick from somebody else. Mm -hmm. Then maybe you're in the ball game, but that's going to be so tough. Well, but does that asset then become a future asset that you can't deal because it is a first-round pick? Well, not like if, it's, if it's part of the deal in first, and you never have that asset in the first place, then you should be able to leverage whatever you need. I, I think I think what we're talking about is what you have now, what you have in play, what is under your roof. Um, that you have full control over. And if you're leveraging something to get something that you never had in the first place, then I don't think that's that shouldn't be part of the equation. It's just weird rules of engagement right now. And who's that? That's obviously, you know, the disgraced future former owner mm -hmm. making that edict as he tries to sell this team because Sam Garvin, in a piece that we'll get to later, said uh, that Sarver's controlling all the parts of the sale. Nobody mm. else has anything to do with it. So it seems like that would come directly from there. Now, Pincus in his article for Bleacher Report did come up with a way for the Suns to add somebody without including a first-round pick. This is an interesting one here. It's a, a, a two-for-one deal for with the Wizards where you'd send out Jay Crowder and Cam Johnson for Kyle Kuzma. I hate this. <laughs> like, I, I don't like, look, I think a lot of people, cause we brought up Kuzma a couple times and there will always be some people in the chat that are saying like, we don't like Kuzma, like Kuzma's overrated. He's having a career year and he's a good score. He's a guy that can create some of his own offense, not for others, but for himself at least. But like, I don't like selling that low on Cam Johnson right now when you're already giving up a useful piece in Jay Crowder for another team, obviously not useful for us. Like I would have more problem as a prospective buyer of the Suns to see a franchise just traded away a player like Cam Johnson as opposed to a first round pick. Like that I would have more of a problem if I'm investing in a team that they made a trade like that than if they gave up a first rounder, which is why it's kind of boggling my mind that the whole ownership and flux situation is impacting what they can and can't give up. I, I, I hear you. Mm -hmm. I hear you. However, <laughs> um, the one thing that I do like about Kuzma is that he's not hurt, and he would actually be he would con con uh, contribute to this team right now. Yeah, but um, we're supposedly weeks away from Cam Johnson. We're also we're also return. weeks away from him getting hurt again. Like, I mean, I mean what are you gonna do? Like. He's he's had a bad history of injuries. I, there's no way to go around this. I wish it wasn't true. I wish he was there 
for a significant portion of time where we can rely on him. But you just never know from game to game if he's going to survive. Well, and they okay. So the the edict is supposedly future assets, right? This could indicate if they make a move like this that there was never an intention to re-sign Cam, anyways. So he wasn't viewed as a future asset. He was viewed as a piece that you could move because you weren't going to going to keep him moving forward. So that may be the loophole if they made a move like this, but I hate it because if you look at it, Cam Johnson is basically the same field goal percentage as Kyle Kuzma for his career, but significantly better from three-point land. He's 39%. Kyle Kuzma for his career is 34%. Cam Johnson's a better free-throw shooter. If you look at both of them have been to the playoffs twice, they have almost identical stats uh, averages in the playoffs outside of Cam Johnson with uh, you know more assists in there. And I think Cam, when you look at it, we still don't fully know what Cam's going to be. What you're getting with Kyle Kuzma is exactly what he is. He would be the first 20 points per game scorer that Devin Booker has played with in his career since Eric Bledsoe, which is not a ringing endorsement for two top 10 picks like D.A. and Mikael Bridges on this roster. But yeah, like it, it is what it is. He can create some of his own offense. I get that he's not the sexiest option out there. I, I just... I feel like if you can like if you can make that trade for Kyle Kuzma, like a first round pick is what you should be offering way sooner than Cam Johnson. Agreed. Uh, a million percent agreed. Now I say this because of the way the Suns would be structured, let's just let's just for shits and giggles, let's just say that the first round draft pick is not a deal breaker. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you were able to add a Kyle Kuzma to this roster, um, I think it puts you right back there. I think it puts you right back there in terms of uh, one of the better teams in the West uh, and in the NBA. And because for nothing else, spacing-wise, right? Yeah. Kuzma can shoot from the perimeter. So can Cam Johnson. You can you can even imagine a lineup where, hell, if, if Chris Paul got hurt and couldn't play in the playoffs, you still have a solid five right there that could play. Mikhail could play the two. Mm. Like, you could put Cam at the three, and you could have Kuz at the four and have DA out there, and now you have – Four ridiculously good outside perimeter shooters surrounding DA. Kuzma That'd be fantastic. Not a ridiculously good, but he's he's better shooter. than your average power forward. He's thirty four percent in his career. He's more consistent than Jay Crowder. Okay, that's a pretty low bar to try to jump over. <laughs> well, that's the like, bar you're having to fucking about trade. Cam Johnson versus Kuzma in this. Okay, in this well then hold my dick and watch nobody out there who isn't even playing. Look, Jay yeah. Crowder isn't doing shit. Like, what are you gonna do? You need something. I get it, but look, and uh, you know, Rick James says, "Yeah, Espo, a twenty-two or twenty-point per game scorer. How bad?" Also, that's on a a Wizards team that doesn't have the kind of offensive talent that I think the Suns team has. I don't think Kyle Kuzma's coming in here and averaging twenty points, even if you trade for him. Probably not, especially because he, I think, when fully healthy, he'd be coming off the bench behind Cam, but. I don't know. Like so much of this, we get caught up in whether Kuzma is a good trade or a bad trade. So much of this, we need to acknowledge, still hinges on whether Cam can stay healthy for a playoff run. Mm -hmm. Because unless you are trading away Cam, that's always going to be an issue that limits this team's ceiling. But you do need to make some type of move. Kuzma would help the bench for sure. Because we've talked about this with campaign being their only kind of shot creator off the bench and being unreliable at that. You need some type of help there. Kuzma would definitely help. He's not the big answer that's going to push you. He's no. the, he doesn't move the needle as far as you probably need it to move, but he does move it a little bit. Kyle Kuzma isn't the most, isn't the healthiest guy in the world either. He's had injury uh, 
issues throughout his career, but I get the point. And if I'll say this, if your future does not involve re-signing Cam Johnson, then yeah, I would make a move like this. Yeah. Because it makes you better, like Saul's saying, in the present, could potentially help you in the playoffs based on the checkered injury history of Cam Johnson. So if he is not part of your future, then yes. I'm okay making that move. Yeah. Like, because this may be the best you can do if you really can't deal any first round picks. This may be the closest to getting a difference maker you can uh, with your hands tied behind your back right now. We, we do have a couple of questions in the chat that I wanted to answer. Um, one person asked if Cam Johnson's been a factor in the playoffs. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, yes. during their 2021 run, out, DA was their most consistent guy, Cam was their best guy off the bench. I think he posted the fourth highest true shooting percentage in a playoff run ever for a certain minimum number of shots. Like he was really good during that playoff run. Um, someone else suggested tanking. It's too late for the Suns to tank now, and yeah. you don't waste a season with Devin Booker no. and Chris Paul. Like this is probably the last decent season we might get out of Chris Paul. You now, don't waste that. If this Devin Booker injury turns out, I'm I'll play. That's if he winds up being seriously injured where this hamstring could prevent him put from playing for months mm. at that see, point are, are that's we, different that you know that's is different. that where we're at no but but if <laughs> i was like did i miss something yeah, no <laughs> jesus but, christ but quite frankly we didn't think a sore heel was going to be you know, a whole month worth of sitting out either so i don't yeah, know but one guy's looking at the grim reaper the other one just got born like is basically the difference but he's in, had multiple in NBA hamstring ages. issues and hamstring issues are not ones that you rush back or yeah, but it's not season ending. Adding. I'm not, I'm just saying in a world where we don't know what the Suns really have going on from an injury standpoint, <laughs> yes. if that situation that's the only situation I would ever consider going into a tank at this point. I, I, Otherwise, you're just wasting your breath talking. I, about I, it. I get what you're saying, but I, I do feel like that's a little bit dramatic to say that like this could be like. You know, months in the making. Like I don't, I don't think, I don't think he was saying that. I think he was saying more if that's what winds up happening. Because like right now, he is reported as being day to day with the hamstring thing. But this is, I think, the third or fourth time he's dealt with that. And like a hamstring issue, if you rush back too quickly, can mm -hmm. get dramatic pretty quick. So I don't. I and I with the way this, right the, now, the thing yeah. that bothers me is the way that the Suns report injuries to us. So like we never get the full picture. I think for now it's just day to day. But yeah, but yeah, if something dramatic were to happen, then maybe you adjust course because this team, as we saw last night, is not really built to win without Devin Booker right now. Yeah, I mean, look, there th that is such a small percentage world that you're dealing with there. Yeah, and it would be the only way you'd ever consider it. it, it there's no way you would ever tank if Devin Booker is even 85% and will play like you would never do that. So uh, we hear, we've seen that a lot in the chat and I just don't think that that is. Should we, should we create a Wimba Yama alert? God. Wimba Yama. <laughs> I, I, I also, we, we've getting, I'm seeing LaMelo ball in the chat a lot. I love LaMelo ball. The Hornets aren't trading LaMelo oh. ball for whatever. Can we interview in Jay Crowder, Landry Shamit? Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll throw right. in some of the other end of the roster guys, but we can't trade you a first yeah, round but pick. But also, right. if if Chris Paul is a cone, what is Lamelo Ball? <laughs> a speed bump? He's not even there, <laughs> dude. He's like a fucking aberration right there. He's just, you just walk right through his ass. He's a yield sign. To the like, <laughs> <laughs> slow down if you want to. 
Uh, so we have another deal that came up. Uh, Sham Sharania uh, posted an article today on The Athletic. Uh, and this one, there, there's a quote here, Gerald. Do you want to run us through this? Yeah, he said multiple league sources said the Suns recently engaged in three-team talks that would have sent Crowder to Milwaukee four bucks second-round picks along with players of Houston and Eric Gordon and or Kenyon Martin Jr. to Phoenix. The holdup in the potential three-deemer was that the Rockets are coveting one first-round pick for Gordon and for Martin, a very good first-rounder, not a batch of second-rounders, according to sources. So, I mean, if the Rockets want two first-round picks, one of them being very good for Kenyon Martin, Suns probably aren't going to make that deal. And and this kind of backs up what I've heard behind the scenes as far as, like, K.J. Martin probably wants to stay in Houston, would rather get an extension there. If the Rockets are going to trade him, they're going to value him and want it to be more valuable than probably what the Suns' first rounder is going to be. Eric oh. Gordon being in Houston right now very much feels like Lindsay stuck in the transformation center. <laughs> yeah, we sent out. her back there today, by the way. That's why she's not here. That's where she <laughs> is running. right now. Yeah, I – look – if what we heard in in the other article is true and they can't deal a first-round pick, doesn't matter at this point because what Milwaukee would send in a deal if they agreed to send a first-round pick isn't going to be a good one. They're suppo- they're going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals or uh, you know in in the finals. So you're getting a bottom first-round pick there, and they'll probably be there over the next handful of years. Mm-hmm. So I just I don't see where you're you're going to get in the KJ Martin. Uh, level here. Now, Eric Gordon might happen, mm. but I'm not sure that that makes you significantly better than than where you're sitting right no, now. No, but it, what this team needs is consistency. Mm-hmm. More than anything else, they need consistency. At least Eric Gordon will give you some of that. You know, the, that's that's a, that's a consistent shooter that you can rely on that 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 can ball. Like that's that's the Suns' problem right now. Is they are just wildly inconsistent. Uh, for for a team that had so much structure and consistency for the last two years, right now because of injuries, because of erratic play, it's been all over the place. So you don't really know what you can rely on at this point. You need somebody to come in and just be able to be that sure piece that you can count on. Even the sure pieces that the Suns have right now are not sure. Devin Booker with injury, obviously right now, but before that, you know, Chris Paul, you don't know what you're going to get offensively from him outside of distribution. Um, you know, DeAndre Ayton at the beginning of the season wasn't scoring for shit, and now he's he's turned it up. Mikhail will score 31 game and then score five the next. You just – consistency is what this team is searching for, and they need to find it in some way. And uh, hopefully they can leverage somebody that was also inconsistent offensively in Jay Crowder to get a consistent piece in here. Do you see a theme here? Yeah, Consistency. I don't think Eric Gordon's that consistent either if you look at his track history. I mean, he's, he's 12 points a game on a bad Rockets team that you know that is looking for people to score. Only 44% from the field, 34 from three. Uh, you look at it in his career, he's ranged anywhere from – 31% to 44% from beyond the arc. This guy is not necessarily consistent. Oh, and he's another geriatric guy as well. So you're adding another guy that that's on the, the downhill of his career as well. So, look, if you can get him for Jay Crowder and not much else, fine. Yeah, if you can work that three-team where he, they get Grayson Allen a couple second-round picks and you get Eric Gordon, you take the flyer to replace nothing that you're getting from Jay Crowder, sure. But if it becomes much more than that, I don't know that he's going to be worth that. And I don't know that he fixes any of your major issues right now. Yeah, I 
I struggle with Eric Gordon because this was a trade that should have happened at last year's trade deadline. It would have been better two years ago. Yeah. Um, I do think like you look at his numbers, they're not anything special with the Rockets this year. I do think some of that is a product of being on a crappy Rockets team. Um, and, and a Rockets team that's emphasizing kind of the younger guys over him. Like we've seen him kind of look pissed off or look like look at his teammates like, what are you doing? Because um, he's a veteran stuck on a young team and he doesn't really want to be there. So, um, yeah, I, I but he would address several issues as far as individual shot creation, three point shooting. He's only at like 35 percent. But I would imagine on a better team with more wide open looks like oh. the Suns provide, he, it would tick up. He's not a major needle mover, but like you're saying, if you only have to give up Crowder and maybe a, a late first rounder for him, I would kind of make that trade. It's just it just can't be the only thing that you do. I think I, I don't I don't think I would trade a first rounder for Aaron Gordon at this point. I I don't. But what I would say is is like I, I again I think his his ability to create his own shot and get his own shot off is sorely needed on a team like this because they don't have many shot creators themselves. They have maybe four if Chris Paul's having a good day, mm-hmm. and that's about it, and that's just not enough. I, I feel like this is the bargain bin shopping you have to do if you really can't deal first yeah. round. Yeah, I mean, that's I think that's where we're at. Like, this is is that. And, like, I – again, if you're not going to keep Cam Johnson, I'd pref- anyways, I'd prefer the, the Kyle Kuzma – yeah. deal to bring in Eric Gordon because I think, you know, you may catch lightning in a bottle with him. Uh, but but that would still confuse me, though, because if you're not planning on keeping Cam Johnson, it has to only be because of the injury thing, because Kyle Kuzma, I'm pretty sure, is a free agent this summer as well. Yeah. And well, he's unrestricted. So, like, at least with Cam, you have the inside track to resign him as a restricted free agent. But it's also weird, too, because when you're in salary cap hell, which they kind of are when you look at it moving forward, you're not going to be able to add much if you don't retain your own guys or trade for somebody that has multiple years on his contract using these dead, uh, these expiring deals, too. So you're going to be stuck with a lot of the same that you have unless you're, you're making other trades. Potentially, though, because I think Chris Paul only his salary is only half guaranteed. And then the final year, it's like a team option or it's non-guaranteed and then same thing with Landry Shamit like the last two years of his deal are not fully guaranteed so they're not no it's no. what's guaranteed on those I think uh, it's like five is it yeah it's not a lot and then the set the last year I'm pretty sure is a team option as well so the Suns left themselves as bad as it was to sign him to that deal before he had even stepped on the court for the Suns and as bad as it's looked it's not as terrible as the total the lumps lump total would have you believe um, so they can get out of some of that in a few ways. But yeah, it's just I I struggle with the idea of let's dump Cam Johnson because we don't want to pay him for Kyle Kuzma, who is going to be wanting to be paid soon. Yeah. Uh, do you guys, if you were to bet on either of these deals being made, which one would you feel more comfortable betting that would it would happen? Probably the Eric Gordon deal, just because it would cost them less. Yeah, I guess I would say that too, because you don't have to give up Cam Johnson. Well, if you want to make bets, the NBA season's heating up, mm-hmm. and there's only one place that you can do it and have the most fun possible. It's the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. You know, I, I love gambling with them because they have the easiest interface. 
I've seen I love the same game parlays that they're putting together right now that you can easily just go in say oh I like this one I'm gonna I'm gonna take it it's it's gambling for lazy people like me where I don't have to put together my own parlay I'm mm. like oh yeah that that'll work for me and, and I love it I haven't won much lately because uh, I make some bad bets, uh, but <laughs> you don't have to make bad bets. You can go in there uh, and use your knowledge about the NBA and clean up. And if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with that promo code PHNX, you can place $5 on a pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. It's pretty easy. And if you follow the the recent trend, just put that money, that $5, on anybody playing the Suns, and you're <laughs> going to get that $150 oh, in no. free bets if they do. That's code PHNX, only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See no, show notes for details. And Saul, you have a pick of the week as well. Yeah, uh, do, yourself, don't make a ba- uh, do yourself a favor. Don't make a bad bet. Don't bet on the Cardinals tonight. Bet on the Patriots. Uh, take them plus the points. Uh, they will win. Plus the plus the points. We're going Patriots tonight. All right. I, do do would you would you look at some of those extended point spreads where you get where you take a bigger number and get better odds? No, because I like to play and I like to uh, win. I don't like to just throw stupid amounts of cash at higher odds just because I want to take that gamble. I was just more wondering. Do you think the Patriots are going to kick the Cardinals? No, ass? no, no. I think it'll be a close game. <laughs> I think it'll be a close game. I mean, the Cardinals have an opportunity to win this game for sure, but. Um, it just depends on if they're going to show up or not, and they have not shown up for four out of those 12 games of the season, so we'll see. Well, if they do get their ass kicked, there's a great way to drown your sorrows. It's called Four Peaks, and they are friends. You can see the holiday cheer box here. I love this thing. It's an advent calendar for your favorite beer. Today's the 12th, fan. right? It is the 12th. Yeah. I don't know if it's been opened yet. It Let's not. see. It is not. We're going to open the 12th. What beautiful beer is in the 12th here? I swear they don't glue these things. Uh, you can pop it out here. What do we got? Ooh. Ooh, the Allison Road. I actually ah, wanted Pale Ale Gin Blossoms edition. Yeah, this okay. was for a special event they did with the Gin Blossoms because the Gin Blossoms recorded a bunch of their albums in the 8th Street pub that it used to be part of it used to be a recording studio. So <laughs> so they did that and called it the Allison Road Pale Ale. If you want to try that or any of their other great beers, I love their Wow Wheat. That's one of my favorites uh, for sure. And their pumpkin porter when they have it is uh is next level top notch oh, that. oh that's oh, wow. that's a, that that was nice a nice right little asmr for Let's the go. audio listeners <laughs> uh, there so if you want to partake in that allison rolled pale ale or any of their great beers uh you can do it i, I believe hello it does taste did, like the night i did the on- honors yesterday so i let gerald have the honors Very today nice. That's nice. It is nice. Oh yeah, that's nice. Pop in one of the uh, one of the Gin Blossoms albums. You can go travel Allison Road like and enjoy that. one of the there pale ales. Uh, and you can also give the hol- a gift of beer this holiday, as we mentioned. Four Peaks still has limited supplies. Of their December Advent Calendar box for fifty five dollars. Enjoy specialty beers, tall boys, and more. Purchase at the Eight Street Pub in Tempe. And talking about purchasing, you only have to be twenty one and over to it. Oh, enjoy that. and enjoy responsibly. responsibly. Thank you. I, I almost forgot that. I'm not used to the disclaimer. It's the only thing we have to read. <laughs> I will say this: Max didn't have it in the ad read. Yeah, topic. but as I've said this whole time, fuck those ad reads. Speak from the heart. I didn't. I, I was go. looking at the bullet point to see what was required. It wasn't in there. I did speak from the heart. You know, Max is staring at me now. But sp- you, you heard speaking me. Speaking of. Uh, 
Uh, speaking of purchasing, the Suns obviously in search of a new owner. We got some interesting, uh, some interesting tidbits this weekend. I want to start uh, with Dwayne Rankin. Do you, think, over... do you think any of the owners, when they are pitching the Suns, they go hello? Is it me, Is it me you're, you're looking, looking for? I don't know. I really don't. <laughs> uh, Dwayne Rankin over at the Arizona Republic, one of the friends of the program, had a Q&A with the temporary or I don't even know what it's exactly called. Sam Garvin, the interim governor, interim governor of the Phoenix Suns. Uh, and they talked about a, a litany of topics, but one in particular that I wanted to get to there's actually two, but the first one, he had a quote on how much communication he has with Robert Sarver in terms of uh, the day-to-day operations, the Suns and everything. And he said, quote, I communicate with Robert regularly. The suspension bars him from being involved in any day-to-day contract, contact with employees coming or coming on the NBA premises or anything like that. But there's a mechanism allowable by the NBA where on extraordinary items, if I need to, I can communicate with him. So we communicate regularly. I wouldn't say it's often, but it's regularly. Which uh, so Gerald, Those are synonyms. What that, is that? <laughs> what does that mean? That was what confused <laughs> me because he goes on to say, "Oh, something like if we wanted to add three uh, max contracts in a deal, another three, I'd have to ask him, or if I wanted to move the team to Flagstaff." And I'm like, "So what are these that you're regularly calling him about? Yeah, yeah. And should we be concerned?" It's, it's basically this is the equivalent, and Gerald will appreciate this very much. It's basically the equivalent of. Espo going on vacation and texting everybody here <laughs> except for me because he knows I'm going to turn the phone off on him. He's like, "What's going on down there? What's going on?" Blah 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 blah, and and that's about it, right? So, but but you're not here to have any like actual input on the day to day, but you do have actual input because you're texting everybody. See, that's that's what I feel like that this was. Oops, <laughs> I shouldn't have said regularly. Yeah, I've said it again. I better backtrack because <laughs> I'm not supposed to be talking to him. Oh no, what have I done? Yeah, <laughs> that was interesting to me, and that's alarming, especially if you're a team that needs to make a trade because what else are, is he going to him about? Thus, the don't trade any first round picks. I imagine is one of those regularly communicated things. Yeah. I don't know. Not often, just regularly. Just regularly, <laughs> not often. Uh, and then he said, which this was the kicker, right? This was a big thing. Uh, he said uh, about Sarver and the new owner, quote, I think he'll do a good job, speaking of Sarver. I think he really wants to find someone who loves Arizona, wants to keep the sons in Arizona, and is committed to the fans, and is committed to the community. So I think he'll do a great job on the sale. It's, so, it's such an irrelevant topic. Mm-hmm. Like it, the the fact that you would even throw out moving the team, which couldn't happen for at least another 15 years in the first place. Like, what is that even a topic for? Like, fuck out of here. Well, but that's what I think was going on here. I think this was, uh, oh, it's altruistic. You wouldn't trade to somebody that'll move him out of Phoenix. Full well knowing that he had just signed a contract extension on the building that keeps them there legally till 2035 and with a team extension to 2042 and that there'd be hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in fines and then a legal battle if anybody ever attempted to move the team. Plus the league's not moving a team out of this major media market. Mm. And and even if they were willing to, they're not going to let it happen until expansion in Vegas and Seattle happens where you're going to get those billion, a billion dollar expansion fees. So this whole thing felt so un, uh, you know, just just felt 
pretty dirty. You know, just like, oh, look, he's a good guy. Look what he's doing. Yeah, it'd be a, a real smart PR play if it wasn't so transparent and dim-witted. But. Well, and how about... <laughs> How about the fact that this is the same guy that threatened to move the team to Las Vegas when they were in arena negotiations? So, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that bothers me. The whole thing, you know, Dwayne did a great job. This is no shade on Dwayne, but Garvin also talks about how, oh, they've changed the culture in six months, that he's he's helped fix it. You were part of the problem, buddy. Like, yeah. that's just the reality of it. I just, these kind of things very much smack of, uh, PR responses and mm-hmm. platitudes, you know? Yeah. It's not great. All right. You know what is great? What is great? OGs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, our friends at OGs. They were actually in the office just a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, they stopped by, checked out people, the new digs. People here. were here, not the big not the, bags the, of, no, no. of there, edibles. I had so many edibles that I just saw a giant <laughs> edible walk into the room and check out the studio. It was like, hi, Espo. I'm your... <laughs> Or it's creamsicle. <laughs> how you doing today? I don't know why it sounds like Morgan Freeman, but that's how it sounds in my fucking that, head. That would be the greatest. An OG's edible that sounds like Morgan Freeman. Like narrate shit as you're, I'll walk you through this whole experience. We once originated from Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> he climbed through 500 feet of shit oh just to get to this gummy. Uh, <laughs> What are your favorite flavors? I love the orange creamsicle. You jokingly brought it up, but I think that's my favorite. They got watermelon, which is pretty elite too. I'm not a watermelon guy. I haven't tried it though. I need to, maybe I'll try it just to see if the that watermelon I like. What about Gerald? Do you have a favorite? Yeah, the watermelon. watermelon. <laughs> Put you on the spot. Because you know why? Because fuck you. That's why. <laughs> I. We joke about this, but I tend to be a somewhat anxious person. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> the, the viewers may not know, but you guys are very well aware mm. of that. And I just, you know, I love the Indica. Gets me that nice calm. But I've had a great experience with the Sativa, too, uh, at our holiday party. It was uh, it was really fun. I know, Saul, uh, you use the sleep gummies from time to time mm-hmm. and have a, have a great deal with them. So I highly recommend it. Uh, if you want to... F- Get your hands on some OGs. You can, as always, find them at your local dispensary. Remember, you must be 21 or over to try and uh, enjoy your gummies responsibly. And then also, I want to thank uh, Chop Shop, who gave us our lunch today. I don't know if you've had your opportunity to eat yours mm-hmm. yet, so did you? I, have, yeah. I, had, uh, I had a chicken salad that was uh, superb. Uh, I'm pretending to fool myself into that I'm starting my diet before the holidays. That's that, usually, that usually does not pay no, off. No, but I'd like to kid so myself. I I'm know where my limits are in uh, January 1st. Hopefully I'll join 5,000 other people in the gym that I you know, live by. So. Luckily we have the private gym downstairs. Yeah, but they didn't need to know. Gerald's going to have to teach me his workout. He claims he hasn't worked out in uh, in months, but I, really I, I, I just call bullshit. I really so, <laughs> uh, 2023, new year, new me. I could transition saying, speaking of bullshit, (laughs) but I won't. He drinks a beer at 3.30 on a Monday. (laughs) Uh, The Washington Post, not usually the source of Suns news, uh, had more ownership news over the weekend. They got their hands on what was reportedly a $3 billion offer sheet for the Phoenix Suns that came from uh, Thiel Capital, which is Peter Thiel's. Uh, venture capital firm and Shasta Ventures, uh, private equity and sovereign wealth funds would potentially be financiers, including some backing coming from the sovereign wealth fund that is Qatar Investment Authority. 
So this is interesting because apparently we had heard that the uh, semifinals of uh, of the ownership stuff had recently moved into that phase. Well, this group visited uh, during the week of December sixth to uh, to tour so last the week. arena and practice facility. Uh, and they're expecting to make a secondary bid in January when all those are are, are shown. Um, I'm gonna say hell to the no. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah. Hell to the no. Uh, listen, uh, it starts here. This is this is my protest uh, <laughs> for anything that is related to the Teal Group. I don't give a shit. That guy is fucking crazy. Fuck him. Look, I don't, I don't care what your political beliefs are, but I do care about business. But, uh, Gerald, mm. where, where do you land? You tend to be the more rational brained of us. Where do you land on this? Yeah, I mean, I, I typically don't care about that type of stuff, but with this particular individual, I do very much. You can Google his track record with the various companies that he's ran. You could Google his involvement with who he's funding and who he's financing. Um, and it's not great. And he does not have a great humanitarian track record with any of this kind of stuff. His beliefs are very far out there. Um, so no, this would be really, this would be the ultimate F you from Sarver to the whole organization, to the NBA, to this fan base in general, to the city. If that's the person that he want, wound up selling the franchise to. I want to get in, into that in a second, but okay. I, I want to share some things deal is an interesting case right business wise uh he turned a seventeen hundred dollar uh roth ira investment in paypal into five billion dollars when he cashed out so talk about a lucky bet is yeah. what that really feels like then he was part of of ebay and apparently ran a coup against elon musk to be the ceo mm-hmm you have to be some kind of person to try to pull a coup on Elon Musk, I imagine. But what concerns me most, I, I, all those views concern me as well. But when it comes to the Suns, where we just were, that 43-page report, how mm -hmm. the business was run, this quote struck me as the big hell no, right? Mm -hmm. quote, this was from an article uh, about Thiel. It was, quote, uh, they dodge the rules, skirt the law, shiv your business partner, abandon your friends, uh, argues uh, this person who wrote this, uh, that that it, that Thiel helped make the Silicon Valley playbook, and it was written at PayPal. Perhaps for this reason, the company's early executives' employees became known as the PayPal Mafia. Oh, good. So much so that they took a picture that looked like a Godfather picture with Thiel <laughs> in the center of it. To me, that screams same kind of shit that you dealt with on the business side before, and the NBA should never let that happen. Now, I don't know that they would. I don't know if this even is the bid that will get accepted, but from a business standpoint, that's crazy to even consider a guy like that after what you just dealt with. I, I can't even believe that. I mean, the fact that they took a tour of the facilities and stuff like that, I'm, I'm surprised it even got to that point. Like, listen... For a league like the NBA, <laughs> who is, for lack of a better word, uh, very involved in social movements, mm -hmm. um, and some people might say it's, you know, the woke movement or whatever, mm -hmm. um, uh, it deals, you know, moniker is literally the anti, goes against the, he's an anti-woke movement kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And so it just doesn't seem like those two things are not peanut butter and jelly. Uh, no. So it, it just... 
there's a lot of red flags with this certain individual. And I don't, I just, man, if the NBA approved something like that, I would be shocked. But let me ask this. If they're not even in consideration, why wouldn't the NBA say when they saw that offer? Because I, I guarantee there's communication mm-hmm. about what these offers are. Why wouldn't they just say that's a non-starter? Because they're trying to drive up the price. Well, no. What I think this is is, you know, maybe they're trying to drive up the price. I think this is, you know, to your point, Gerald, the disgraced future former owner trying to either a make people freak out about who this next owner is or really give the biggest f you that hey you thought i was bad wait till you have uh peter thiel running your business and you're gonna think that this doesn't seem as bad and that's without even getting into the fact that qatar wants to throw their money in there as well yeah and that's that's an investment for the country of qatar that's a fund that expands uh the Qatar wealth, they have $450 billion in this fund. Here's a conspiracy theory for all you uh, people that think the NBA hate the Suns. How about this, right? Mm. <laughs> how, how bad would you have to hate a city and a franchise? You, you hate them so much that you allow Peter Thiel to take this organization, run it completely into the ground for 15 years, and then say, All right, we're stripping his ownership and we're moving the team because they clearly don't like this team in Phoenix. But where the hell are you going to move them at that point? You're already going to have Seattle and Vegas. Where's your next? You uh, really? Mexico oh, City. Mexico City would, be would New Mexico, be- baby. Yeah, but- Let's go Albuquerque. Oh, oh, Albuquerque, yeah. <laughs> We're leaving the Phoenix market to go to Albuquerque, New Mexico. <laughs> we'll yeah. see you there. We're going back home, ladies and gents. <laughs> uh, I'm um, coming home. I'm no. coming home. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, look, I, I really do hope that that is what it is as far as them, like, taking a tour of the facility and whatnot. I hope that that is just a Sarver pettiness thing and trying to make sure everyone knows the horrible names that are floating around to make him look better by – association because if the nba were to enter seriously entertain a bid from a group like that or from qatar or whatever like holy shit man like we already knew that money was prioritized over everything else based on the way that they handled the sarver investigation based on the way that the owners dealt with that situation but to have someone like that take over or qatar like there are some serious humanitarian issues at stake there and it just doesn't jive, like you said, with a league that is very progressive. So, yeah, it, it, man. And just to be clear, like, I agree with, like, Mark in the chat. Um, I don't care what their political beliefs are. I really don't. No. I don't care. You know, I know there's some people that are anti-Trump people and there's some people that love Trump. Like, what? I don't give a shit about any of that stuff. Can you run your business effectively? Are you a good person? And are you not fucking doing shady business uh, around? Like, if you could answer those three things honestly and be cool, then I don't give a fuck if you want to run this franchise as long as you can run it at a high level. That's all any of us care about. Can you run this company opposite the direction it was prior to it, right? Uh, You're running it. You don't have any scandals going on. You're not encouraging sexual harassment. You're not encouraging racism like all those boxes have to be checked for this next owner. So well, that's all we care about. And like, again, at the end of the day, best case scenario, you have an owner that is absolutely cutthroat about trying to win you a championship. We'll spend every dollar possible to get the best of the best uh, you know, personnel in the building. And that's all we really care about. That's what we want. So hopefully that next person will be like that. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, we've talked about it on the show. It's about 
a safe workplace for employees where they're treated well and somebody committed to, to winning in that process. What worries me if you get investment, venture capital, and, and people like the Qatar Fund running a sports team is you're not running it to win. You're running it to make money in most cases. Venture capitalists don't don't usually invest in something that they're just doing to break even and be altruistic. It's about making the most in the bottom line. Now, I understand winning uh, does that and helps an NBA team make more, but that requires spending and spending well above what your other people are, are willing to spend. That worries me uh, from the basketball perspective. Well, and that's the thing, though, is because I know people brought up, like, what if the Suns are in the luxury tax or have traded certain assets away? Like, you're investing at least probably $3 billion in this franchise. So even as a venture capitalist, if you're doing that, you have to have a certain amount of interest in the team actually winning because I don't think you would invest that type of money just to try to make money. Like, I, I really don't. I, I feel like you like that's $3 billion. I know that this is money that I will never even be able to dream about, but like that's a significant investment for you to just view it as a, X's or you know sign on the dotted line. I I disagree. Numbers. I think this could be. They look at the market. They look at where the NBA is headed and the next TV deal and everything, where franchise valuations could skyrocket again, and that's where they make their money. They flip it. Like a lot of venture capitalists uh, are all about move quick, churn and burn kind of mentality. You know, so uh, that that's what also worries me. There's all. There's a whole, we've talked about it. When you get billionaires, you're going to find skeletons in the closet. And we're probably going to find that with anybody that comes in here. Now, some may have a lot more than others, right. but I look at this and I go, bad business practices, which are, are readily seen, uh, and and the way venture capitalists and, and funds treat things, I don't feel good about it. No. Beyond the other stuff. That's taking the problematic beliefs out of it. So, yeah. We have a super chat. Well, let's read the super chat. Let's maybe read super chat from Cycle Blue. It says, "I just heard Qatar is interested in buying the Suns. I bet the refs would think twice about weird calls if that happens." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I want I needed to read that because obviously it's in within the context of this conversation. So well, thanks mean, for that yeah. super chat, Cycle Blue. I mean, that's without. I mean, we the World Cup has pointed at just how problematic Qatar is in terms of beliefs the way i mean journalists the way they're treated there's all sorts of interesting things that would come up uh you know with them as part owners now that i they want were, no fucking part of that no absolutely not like it, there are actual people that have died to get this world cup rolling thousands 1500 and people that uh, no just no on that yeah i just yeah i and they they just mentioned them as one potential a side investor mm -hmm. for equity in this. So I would guess if if the Theo group was accepted, it wouldn't involve Qatar and a lot of the questionable things, but it becomes very much like the live golf tour and is this blood money running through your sport mm -hmm. at that point to to not put it mildly. I mean that's just mm -hmm. that's just the reality of it. We the interesting I find it very interesting that that's the only offer sheet we've seen leaked. We've heard rumors. We've heard all Bezos is, is probably involved, Lorraine Jobs. Uh, but this is the only one we know for a fact that they made a bid 
to buy this team, which also leads me to believe this was strategically leaked, mm -hmm. especially with the timing of the Q&A and this coming out around the same time. Mm -hmm. Just seems a little weird to me for sure. Looking at it, is there, now that we're a little further in this process, is there anybody that you're looking at that you really would want? Like, uh, that we've heard in any of this, or we still, we just don't know enough to really do that. Personally, I don't really know enough about these groups um, that are formulating, because I don't think it's going to be one individual. I was just talking about maybe a Bezos. Um, I, I just don't know. I, and that's the problem. Like, I, are you sure we, we've talked about jobs? We've talked about um, several other people. We've talked about ownership groups that involve Obama and stuff like that, even though he denied it. Um, I, I just... I don't really know. I like Bezos. Bezos is probably the one guy out there that you like, you might be conflicted on because of his, his own business practices, according to the things that you hear about Amazon and, and their employee happiness and, and all this other stuff. But he has billions of dollars. And if, and if you're looking for somebody that wants to kind of mirror what Steve Ballmer did, he'd probably be the closest, but I don't know if you really want to sacrifice that for employee happiness or if the two, are, you know, are relative to each other because I would, I would probably, uh, I, I, pro I believe that the NBA is not going to want to put son's employees in the same exact position they just came from. Right. Or potentially but, worse or potentially worse. <laughs> right. So I would hope that the NBA would do their due diligence in that aspect. I think there's another part of the Bezos thing that is very interesting that I think people are kind of conveniently forgetting. If you if you denied Jeff Bezos the opportunity to own the Suns, you are you as the NBA might be missing out on an opportunity to leverage Amazon as a potential streaming partner in the future, which and are, which yeah. is a, a rumor right now in terms of the TNT um, uh, uh, negotiations and things of that nature. So, like again, if you're the NBA, it is a business at the end of the day. So. I could see Jeff Bezos becoming the the owner of the NBA Suns because the NBA doesn't want to sacrifice that kind of lucrative deal overall for the league. And at the end of the day, as 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 woke or as 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 uh, uh, as strong as you feel about the social movements, money is the ultimate trump factor in a lot of these things. Unfortunately, so I could see it. I could see it. That, that's why I'm kind of concerned that we're seeing names like this pop up because it's like, okay, is this Sarver just being petty and leaking, leaking this stuff? Or is the NBA really going to value the almighty dollar over everything else? Again, to a franchise that literally we just saw them, the way that they acted for the whole Sarver investigation, do that. Like that's, that's my concern. And so that's why I, I lean towards to answer your original question, like alluring jobs or whatever, you know, like we've said, all of these billionaires, there are skeletons in their closet. I would just prefer it to not be a fresh rotting cadaver in their closet. <laughs> like some of these people, if it's stuff in the past, like there's always going to be something and it's completely out of our control. But if it's something that they're still doing to this day and they're still problematic in those ways, that's where I'm going to have an issue. Look, if this comes down to a bidding war, deal only has 7.8 billion dollars yeah he would oh, not be able to compete uh, jeff bezos could outbid a, a guy like that if bezos really wants the franchise but but deal isn't necessarily the only one bidding no. he is he is with a group and then with a group 
obviously you expand that 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 um, that dollar amount. Yeah. So also Public Square, I understand big, big misconception. Amazon corporate employees were not treated the same as warehouse workers. I don't give a shit about the the corporate employees. I don't give a shit about the executives over the summer or at the Suns. I I, I care about those people that have to work day in day out for a minimum wage or have to do uh, the the jobs that the executives are not doing. Like I care about them. I don't give a fuck about the guys that are making six, seven figures a year. They're going to be okay. I'm talking about the employees on a day-to-day basis that make the the, the consumer experience what it is. Um, they deserve to be treated well. So, yeah, it is relative. Well, and I get multiple people putting money in the pot. But if they are venture capitalists and those things, like I said, there's a point where they become risk adverse because you're paying more than it's ever going to be worth. Where Bezos, I think, is buying it because he wants a toy. He wants mm-hmm. something fun to own because he has more money than he knows what to do. Just just ask yourself at the end of the day, if the Suns win a championship, who do you want holding up that trophy? I think we all would probably agree, Jobs. Oh, yeah. of of this of this grouping for a groomer? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, definitely. Yeah. Uh there was a a super chat that I want to get to here uh, as well. Uh from Kyle T says, yes, Espo, who does the league benefit, Thiel or the other groups? I still think the one person it benefits most is Sarver because it's like, yeah, look, there's worse people. Mm -hmm. Like, I really feel like that's what this is. And, you know, in the end, they may not. I mean, very well, he could have been told by the NBA that in the end they won't be approved. So he leaked that offer because he doesn't care that their information is out there because they're not going to be a finalist in this, but he knew it would create waves. All speculation, but it seems to make uh, the most sense when you try to connect some of the dots. That would be my guess, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's no good transition to this, so I'm just going to go into the Underdog Fantasy app. Uh, We've talked about my my putrid – uh, performances in fantasy sports, but the underdog app is the one where I actually succeed on a regular basis at, because there's not a lot of time commitment. You can do day drafts. You can do pick higher and lower. Uh, I love it. So uh, how much have you dived into it? What's your favorite part of the underdog? App? I just like the fantasy draft. Like that's what I've, that's the only thing I've really done so far on the app is fun. Uh, you know, like tonight, I think we're going to do another fantasy draft. Uh, four of us will do it. Shane, uh, Bo, Johnny, and myself will do it live on the air. Uh, it's a fun way to, to engage with each other. We pick the players in tonight's game, and you go. And whoever wins, wins. And I've taken all their money so far, so it's fun. <laughs> if you want to see that underdog uh, app in action, tune in at 5 p.m. It's 5 p.m., right, for the mm-hmm. tailgate show. You can see those guys doing those drafts. And if you want to get involved in the action, use that promo code phnx in the app or at underdogfantasy.com and they will match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars it is just that easy and then if you want to have some fun with us come out and meet us we had a great event coming up at dobson ranch golf course it's the phnx tea party the inaugural one uh you'll be running out we're running out the entire driving range this isn't a normal driving range right so no these are bays where you can actually uh play virtual golf with this right yeah virtual golf you can play eight up to 18 different courses um it's so much fun we're gonna be out there 
listen, you get out there at 5.30, you can play whatever course you want, you can play with your friends for a couple hours, and then we're going to get into the meat of everything, which is we're going to do long drive contests, we're going to do um, a high points contest, we're going to do team contests. Uh, in addition to that, off of the the tee box, uh, we're going to have a putt-putt contest, we're going to have a three-point shootout, because they have a basketball hoop out there, I mean, what golf course uh, that oh. you love doesn't, uh, <laughs> and then on top of that, all of your favorite vendors from the PHNX family will be out there as well. We got Burrito Express. OGs will be out there. Um, it'll be a fun-ass time. Come kick it. Uh, we've already had several foursomes uh, booked. It's going to be just such a great time. And on top of that, all of us from the PHNX Suns uh, uh, show will be out there as well. We'll be teeing it up uh, alongside with you. We'll be watching the Suns take on the Timberwolves. And and we'll be doing our pre and post game show there. I think we're probably going to bring a couple of you on uh, just to kick it with us and have a good time. So we'll the the drinks will be flowing. We'll be playing plenty of games and uh, yeah, good times all around. We've already rented fourteen heaters, so Lindsay will be warm yep. before we do it. <laughs> we'll uh, we're good her. there. Uh, the best part, if you're a diehard, if you don't mind throwing that back up there, we'll uh, we'll show them the diehard prices again. But if you're a diehard, you're going to get 20% off uh, your your price here uh, per person. For, or per Actually, person, I it's bucks. 25% off. 25 yeah. on this for a foursome, yeah. Again, another misprint in the <laughs> in the bulletin. 25%. I work, that's a hell of a deal. I mean, Max went to ASU, so you know, math yeah, is hard. It's hey, tough math. Hey. 30, 36 bucks for diehards if you're a non-diehard member. Why aren't you a diehard, first of all? But it'll be 45 bucks. If you want to pay for a foursome, 160 bucks. If you're not a diehard, 120 bucks if you are a diehard. And remember, kids 10 and under can play free uh, while you are out there as well. It's fun for the whole family, and we'll have some fun. Uh, guys, in honor of Lindsay, any final thoughts? Yeah, uh, we just got word that Devin Booker will be out for tomorrow's game against the Rockets. So just a heads up on that. If they're going to shake off the four-game losing streak, they're going to have to do it without their best player. And they had problems with the Rockets earlier. And the Rockets have been Booker. winning a lot lately since Thanksgiving. I think they just beat the Bucks on Sunday. So, mm-hmm. Well, you may get a real good look at your future future son, Eric Gordon. Yeah. So. <laughs> So uh, that that is interesting. No Devin Booker tomorrow night. So bet accordingly on the DraftKings Sportsbook app uh, for Gerald Borgay. You can follow him at, at Gerald underscore Borgay. If you follow Borgay underscore Gerald, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> uh, you can follow at Saul underscore Bookman. You can follow me at Espo, no underscore necessary. And you know what? Look, love, peace, and, uh, and be nice to each other, right? Ahoy, ahoy. Hey yo, my lifestyle is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Megas in control and he ain't never gonna let go. PHNX though, Lindsey Gerald Espo. Saw past the ball, we here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me, y'all.